0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Fifth Down. I'm your host Jose. With me tonight are Brad and Junie. What's up, guys? What's going on? What's
1: going, on, man? Uh, happy early Mexican Independence Day!
0: Thank you, thank yeah.
1: you. Yeah, About 52
0: yeah. minutes away, in Mexico time from uh, from uh, I, it being I, the 16th of September.
1: You know what's crazy? Commuting in from Car- commuting from Carlsbad here. I saw at least a ten truck deep of you know, I see 10 trucks going really slow. And I see flags, And I was just like, ah, oh, Trump flags. Here we go. You know, yeah. The Mexican flag. And I was just like, okay, I don't think any anyone's stupid enough to try anything here. But, yeah, yeah that's how I knew. Oh, yeah. this weekend, you know, obviously. Fight coming on. A good one, the, Canelo. Trippi-G. Oh, yeah. I forgot about and
2: that. Independencia.
0: El día de la independencia. And like Eddie Guerrero used to love saying, you know, Viva la raza. Yeah, Bella should, Raza, yep. mm-hmm. should be
1: a good weekend for sports
0: yes and you know we had a great game tonight um yeah. you know chargers chiefs they lived up to the hype unfortunately like i was telling you guys off air you know i just i feel like the chargers are snake bit man like i feel for them sometimes like they played a great game and like they were driving. They were going to take a seven-point lead. and An unfortunate play that could have gone either way was one of those 50-50 plays, and unfortunately it turned into a pick six, and the Chiefs took control of the game. Um, what were your guys' impressions of the game? Were you guys happy with the way the the Chargers played, the way the Staley coached this game?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, outside of a couple plays, I thought the Chargers absolutely – dominated the game Um, what I saw out of you know out of the Chargers defense and offense looked a whole lot better than what I saw out of Kansas City both are still you know top teams and they're likely going to go deep into the playoffs but I think right now the Chargers have a lot of their team figured out where Kansas City still has a lot to figure out Um, you know especially on the offensive side of the ball I don't think, you know, you're going to be bailed out by a pick six, Um, you know, great game, nail biter. A lot of people thought it was going to be high scoring, but, you know, unfortunately it wasn't. And yeah, but overall still a great kickoff to Thursday night football.
2: Same old chargers, Brad. I disagree with you. This is the, you know, this is the same MO, you know, you're, 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 you're like on the five yard line you're about to score in the fourth quarter you you're about to get the momentum and then you literally throw a pick six and that's sh- that that literally swings the momentum to the Kansas City Chiefs um if the chargers won this game it, would, it it would definitely be impressive but they lost you know and and this was a division game and let's face it in this division you have to win games early you have to make statements and i i i felt going in this was a statement game that they had to make and they didn't and what's the excuse? I mean, that was on Justin Herbert. You know, let's face it. I mean, Justin Herbert had a, had a decent game. Three touchdowns, one interception. But that one interception was the most crucial play of the game. If, if they score on that, on, uh, on that interception, if the Chargers score, then the game is in their hands. But they, they let it slip away, and it's the same old Chargers, and nothing has changed. I mean, yeah, their defense is better. They're more aggressive. Um, but also the defense let them down too. I mean, they there was a couple of picks that were dropped, and once again, these these plays could have sealed the game or you know, brought the chargers closer to a victory, but they lost.
0: Okay, let me ask you guys something because I noticed sometimes these teams they have Pro Bowl running backs, you know, like back in the Super Bowl when when Russell Wilson didn't give it to um, Marshawn Lynch from the one tonight why didn't Herbert give it to Eckler isn't that why Eckler gets paid what he gets paid I understand that Herbert's a pro bowler too but like if you're that close to the goal line isn't that what Eckler specializes in like he's a goal line back he's a small guy but he, he gets in between the tackles he's a great runner and he gets you touchdowns why not try and go to Eckler on that play instead of risking it and throwing it into tight coverage
1: I mean, it comes down to play calling, and you know, obviously, audibleing at the line. That was a package that they liked. Game plan gets installed later, I'm sure. You know, had the had there been less time, had had it been a different down and distance, they likely would have called something else. But I mean, let let's take a look at the Chargers. They are they're right now running three backs. If you're really watching them. You see Joshua Kelly go out there. You see Sony Michelle, and Sony Michelle figures to take more of the goal line work away from Austin Eckler.
2: Yeah, I was surprised when Eckler wasn't in 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 the goal line. I mean, he's definitely uh, the better weapon. I understand that Sony Michelle is probably better in between the tackles, but Austin Eckler is a is a dual threat, and I was so surprised when he wasn't out there uh, goal line. Um, but I think these are, you know things that chargers have to look at film, you know, and you just got to put your best players out there, even if it's a double, double back, you know, if you have Eckler and Sony Michelle in the backfield, I mean, you have to, you can't be predictable. Like we know when, when Sony Michelle is in the game you guys are going to run the ball. You know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, I mean, you would think, you know, the smart plays to run the ball, but you know, the, they're the chargers.
0: Yeah. And on the other side, of Mahomes, he is looking midseason form. You know, some of the other QBs we noticed week one, they kind of looked like you know they were playing their their first preseason game of the season because they hadn't had uh, many touches during the the preseason. But Mahomes, he's looking great. Um, do you guys think that like Kansas City can keep this up? You know, I know that they don't have the Cheetah anymore. Is this sustainable for them? Can this offense keep looking like this? With the with my because they do have Mahomes still.
1: Um, yeah, I think it should get better. Um, this game he looks a little pedestrian to me. Um, I thought he sort of got bailed out by the running game and the Chargers being a little too aggressive. Um, I he doesn't have outside of Kelsey, who does he have? He honestly has nothing. And I think teams are gonna realize this and force him to find other targets. Um, and teams are now bringing pressure on him and he's going to start to take hits. Um, I don't know if he's really in midseason form. I think he's, I think they still have a lot of homework to do as an offense.
2: I, th- I think they can keep this pace up. I mean, they have athletes on the outside Hardman MVS uh, Clyde Edwards or Hilaire, Um, Juju Smith hasn't even been used that much yet. So, I mean, I think it'll be sustainable. He's a he's the type of quarterback that makes people better. And um, he's proving uh that you know the cheetah is uh replaceable in this offense. As long as he has his safety uh safety valve, uh Travis Kelsey, he'll be fine.
0: Good point. Yeah. I mean, that was a good start to the week two of the NFL season, but you know, week one. Was great too. Um, it, was a, it was definitely definitely an intense week. We all we all had our own takeaways that we had from week one. That things that surprised me surprised us. So we'll start with you, Junie. What's something that surprised you from week one?
2: Um, it wasn't necessarily a surprise uh, to me. It, it was uh, you know I, I've been telling you guys that I believe that Carson Wentz is going to have a bounce back year. Um, I think he made a statement in game one versus the Jags. Uh, two touchdowns early, one to Samuels, one to Jahan Dotson, and then the two picks later in the second half. Uh, but the thing that surprised me the most was the, you know, the, the comeback, the, the ability to, you know, pretty much shake off those picks and show people, hey, look, you know what, I'm not that same guy. I have weapons around me. Um, as you can see, the distribution, Antonio Gibson, seven receptions, McLaurin two, Samuel eight, Logan Thomas three, Jahan Dotson three. The ball was distributed, uh, you know, to the backs, to the tight ends, to the uh, and to the wide receivers. Um, but I, I think this is um, the start that Washington wanted. Um, obviously, the Jacksonville Jaguars are a better team now, and they're more competitive. But at the same time, I think Washington is ready to take that next step um, into, uh, you know, to contending in the NFC East.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, and the fact that Johan Dotson had two touchdowns week one, like that's already looking like a good marriage right there, you know. Um, I mean, he he made those two mistakes pretty much back to back. And he answered the bell. He answered the bell, which, you know, maybe last season we didn't quite see from him in, in Indianapolis all the time. So I definitely do think it's a, it's a new Carson Wentz. I think he hears – all the doubts about him he hears you know him him being called a bust by by many people and you know he's reminding everyone that he was a number 1 pick for a reason
2: the the best part jose is that uh post game when he got the game ball he he owned the picks he said we gave the ball away two times and that was on me you know you want a guy you want a leader Um, as your quarterback you want a guy who takes responsibility and those are things that you know they said that Carson Wentz didn't do in Philly and and, 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 in Indianapolis Uh, but you know what whether it's true or not he's doing these things in Washington and and honestly like it's it's refreshing because it's because this guy the Colts threw dirt on him Philly threw dirt on him and you don't see him talking bad about any of those teams. You don't see him saying anything because he, he's saying that, you know what, I'm going to prove it with my play. I'm going to win and, um, you know, just wait. So I'm I'm really excited about what Carson Wentz can do this year.
0: Yeah. And moving on to you, Brad, what's something that caught your eye from week
1: one? Uh, the overreaction uh, from the Niners game. I think if if you just take a look at it and, you know, everyone talking about, oh, you know, is it time to bench Trey Lance for a bad game? I think people need to really understand what goes on, on with an NFL team. Um, you know, leading up to week one, you go in and you stall an offense. You have a particular set of plays that you're looking to run. Essentially, you're running it with a rookie quarterback, and that playbook, you know, is a lot smaller than normal. And as we get closer to game day, Kittle, groin injury that playbook just got a whole lot smaller then you go in you show up um you know when it was dry um somewhat dry you know both teams i thought looked bad but san francisco's defense i thought was really getting after chicago but then when the rain came it added another layer uh, of complexity to everything and then you toss in an elijah mitchell who you've been game-planning for, especially for a run-heavy offense. Really, this game was just decided by two busted plays where Justin Fields hit you know, Deontay Pettis and St. Brown for touchdowns. I don't understand why people are already talking about, okay, should he be benched for Jimmy? Because you have to take a look at where all the assets went. You gave up three first-round picks. You're just not going to bench this dude. There's no way you can. This is where you spent your money. You have to ride by it. I honestly barring injury, I don't see Jimmy coming on the field. Ooh. What if they're one and five? Do you let him play? The only way he can develop this guy is to go out there and 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 play. I mean and
0: and, you know, I like I like Jimmy, but like, I mean, I think that the short-term memory on the or the long-term memory on the 49er fans is a little bit uh, uh shaken because um, last season they were asking for Jimmy to get benched for Trey Lance so like can they
1: make up their minds yeah and uh- and let's not forget that Trey Lance as a football player does not have a lot of real-world experience he goes into the covid year playing one year he only really has one full year in college that you can go to you this guy needs reps under center You have to get him in real fire. I mean, you can't delay this any longer. Because if you're trying to develop him on the bench, we're looking into three years. And you can't do that at this point in time. Get him out there. Get the experience. One in five. I mean, two, two in 14. Just develop the dude already.
0: Yeah, you know, Alex Smith's first year wasn't that good. And he turned out okay. So yeah, my, my takeaway from week one was, you know, you guys laughed at me when I said, you know, the Seahawks could actually win eight or nine games this year. Um, they won week one, Geno Smith, man. He, you know, yeah, he maybe hasn't always looked great when he was in um, New York, whether what it was with the Jets or the Giants, but he's, you know, he's a, he's a starting, he's been a starter in the NFL for years and I think, you know, you're seeing the the Pete Carroll effect here. He gave him the confidence, and he looked solid in week one. He didn't wow anybody away, but he didn't really make too many mistakes. He, um, um, he especially the first half, was really good. Second half, when they did have a turnover, it was Metcalf. It wasn't on Geno. So I was just, I was surprised with how poised he was. He knew that he was playing Russell Wilson, like, you know, returning home, like, and he knew that, you know, he was going to have to put up with the future Hall of Famer. And he didn't, he didn't bend. He, he put up a fight. He knew that everyone had picked the, 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 the Broncos to win big. And the Seahawks came out ready. And they won in week one. So that's really what caught me by surprise was how poised and how mistake-free Geno Smith was in week one
2: yeah he played well. He played well and um credit to him. He's been working all off season. A lot of people sleep on him, including me, and you know, he showed people uh that he can win in this league still and um you know he has a lot of uh fuel uh, because a lot of people doubt him and you know if if Gino keeps winning, then you know they're they're they might forget about Russ. We'll see
1: yeah I mean. This should be Seattle's game plan moving forward, as you know, make sure the other team doesn't get the 20 points, because I don't think Seattle's winning very many games where the opponent can get above 20. Um, that offense, you know, is not going to get you there. Um, I thought, you know, Denver, they they really don't have it figured out. I mean, this whole let's ride um, <laughs> Ru- Russell with his let's with ride his, with his what was it? Silver with his silver tuxedo pregame. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it felt like for Seattle anyway, like this was a playoff game. This was a Super Bowl for them. This was one that they want to win. Um, you know, I think it's 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 game one, you know, of, of 17 more games, I think. Seattle still has a long way to go. Um, but yeah, great first showing for them.
0: On the count of three, let's all give Russell, let's ride. One, two, three. Let's, let's ride. ride. Let's ride.
1: Let's ride.
0: Now that's right off into week two, man. Week two is here. We're excited. You know, we picked five games that we think are going to be the, the best this weekend. Um, Let's start with the commanders and the lions. You know, who, who would have thought we would have picked the commanders and lions to be a game to look forward to. But when we look at both of those teams in week one, the lions fell short, but they look great. I'm on Ron St. Brown. He's looking like he could be a pro bowler this year. You know, Jared Goff. Yeah. He's not spectacular, but we know he's not going to make mistakes really. Um, and, and the commanders, like, like Junie mentioned, you know, they, Yes. once uh, made two mistakes, but then he also led them on two scoring drives right after that. So um, he he answered the bell. They they ended up winning the game at the uh, with the hand of the guy that had made those previous mistakes. So I think this is an exciting game. I think it's going to be a high scoring affair. Um, what are you guys expectations for for week two in this game?
2: I expect fireworks. Um De- Detroit has been underdogs for 24 straight games and they are favored uh minus one in this, which is shocking to me because like what you said, Jose, um Washington won, Detroit lost. And um I think that's fuel for Washington bulletin board material, uh that they're not getting the respect. Um uh, Detroit is a um a, b- a better team, but yet that you know they still have their flaws. Um, you got the the number one pick versus the number two pick. Um, Carson Wentz and Jared Goff going against each other. They have a history, um, and uh, I expect a lot of fireworks. I, I expect a lot of offense. Um, I think Washington is going to win, uh, just because I think they. Uh, I, I I don't. I'm not a big uh, big believer in uh, Detroit's defense. Uh, they gave up a lot of yards. Uh, 459 against Philadelphia, and I think Washington um, will uh, use their receivers. They'll use their tight ends and, and their backs, and uh, they'll put point, points up against them. I think our defense is better, and I think we'll get to Jared Goff. Uh, the only person that we have to worry about or the two people that we have to worry about are uh, DeAndre Swift and Amon St. Brown, um, but if we can contain at least uh, DeAndre Swift, I think we have a good chance of winning. And um, I think Washington goes 2-0 in this. And um, you know what? It's going to be a high-scoring game, but I think Washington is going to win.
1: Yeah, um, I have. I don't really care who wins this one. I'm honestly just looking at it from a fantasy point of view. Like I said last week, the game that I was most excited about in week one was Philly-Detroit just because of the way it matched up uh, fantasy-wise. And it's almost the exact same thing here with the Commanders versus detroit um, When you take a look at last week's game, uh, outside of Brown, not a lot of damage was done to the air. They conceded four rushing touchdowns to uh, you know Miles Sanders, Scott, and and and, and Hertz. I think uh, if if Washington's going to do damage here, it's going to have to be through the running game. I think that's where they're going to get into the end zone, so not necessarily. I think you may have a receiver that will exceed 100 yards, but I think it's going to be, you know, Antonio Gibson, Curtis Samuel back there, a lot of screen game work. And and for Detroit, you know, we've all been talking about Monroe, St. Brown, but uh, I think one of the key matchups here is going to be DJ Shark. Um, Washington got burned by slot receivers last week. DJ Shark had, he, he ate him up fantasy wise. And I think it's going to be the exact same thing for shark this week. Um, He's going to get the air yards. It wouldn't surprise me if he was able to haul in a multi touchdown game off of only something like eight targets, six receptions. Um, I think it's just going to be a high scoring back and forth affair. And with Washington too, they also did concede touchdowns on the ground. So, you know, i um Deandre Swift and Jamal Williams. Um, I, I figure one of them, if not both of them, should get in. I don't think that defenses on either side are going to do much, you know, outside of a couple sacks here and there. But, yeah, it's more likely going to see one team in the 20s and the other teams in the 30s.
0: I got my eyes on Antonio Gibson. Uh, You know, he had a good week one. You know, he's taking advantage of the new opportunity he's getting. Um, I'm sure he wasn't hoping for his teammate to get shot so that he would get this opportunity, but, you know, it happened and he's making the most of it. Um, week two, you know, I, I think he's got a good matchup against that Lions defense. Um, last week, you know, the hurts hurt them pretty bad with his legs. So we know that they're not They're Detroit's defense is not nothing to write home about. So it's definitely going to be a high scoring affair, but I'm definitely, uh, hoping that Antonio Gibson has another good outing and for our second game of the week we got the buccaneers at the saints don't have to tell you guys how excited i am about this one especially because the saints have owned us in the regular season
1: a win that, four Ta- yeah. tom brady
0: it's not and, and and none of those four games have been close i mean i think one of the games in new orleans was semi close but turnovers new orleans got, took took off with of the game in the in the the second half so like you know they have owned us bad it's it's it, i don't understand what it is like you know tom brady could have had six straight good games but he plays the saints and it's like done the terrible game we just you know mike evans gets owned by a um don't know what that is he's the one corner that that evans has not been able to to come to you know to get and And it seems like Lattimore really gets in his head because Evans tends to get those dumb penalties against New Orleans and against Lattimore. So I mean, it's going to be an interesting game. I hope that the Bucks show up this time. You know, I don't want it to be 0 and five, but they are banged up too. Their wide receiving corpse is banged up. uh, Playoff Lenny is hurt. You know, Tom Brady is 45 and you know, like still kind of like getting into a groove. They, you know, I mean, they controlled the game against Dallas, but it's not like they looked stellar. They did what they had to do to win, but they're still a long ways away from being a Super Bowl contender. So, you know, I'll definitely be interested in seeing how that Bucks offensive line can keep uh, um, Tom Brady upright against uh, a high-powered defense like the New Orleans Saints have.
1: Yeah, uh, I agree. I mean, Tom Brady in a Buccaneers jersey, 0-4 against the Saints, you'd find it hard to believe. But, uh, you know, over his career, he's actually 4-5. And, and you touched on it with, you know, with Lattimore. I think, you know, Lattimore, he honestly, he owns him. Um, I think he's only had one game out of the previous six where he's got above 60 yards. Everything else, he has absolutely owned him. It, it, every single which way. Um, I mean, 20 I'm pretty sure last year he had something like 20 targets and only nine receptions. It, it it doesn't look good for Tampa Bay. Like you said, they're extremely banged up that offensive line. Um, really? We don't know what's happening. you just have to hope that Evans and Julio can get out there. Otherwise um, you're fielding a skeleton of an offense and you just have to hope that, the Bucks' defense is good and that they'll keep it close. Um, and, you know, it just comes down to a turnover.
2: You guys are forgetting the X factor. It was pain everywhere. He said it. Mm-hmm. Mr. Uh, former uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneer James Winston. Two touchdowns in, uh, in, in the first game. Um, New Orleans had to come back. And um and win that game, but um I I think it's going to be competitive and like what you guys are saying. I mean, uh, New Orleans has Tampa Bay's rec- or number, um and um it's going to be interesting because um you know this is a a division game NFC South, and I feel like um you know this is one of those division games that it's an early tone setter. If the if the Saints win, they're two and zero. You know they're they're on top of the, the the division, and you know Tampa Bay is looking old, you know. But if the Saints lose and Tampa Bay wins, you know Tom Brady's is is looking young again, and you know and rejuvenated. But um, the key factor is the injuries: is is Fournette gonna play? Is Julio gonna play? There's a lot of injuries. Russell Gage is out. Chris Godwin is out. Um, on 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 the Saints side, they have to get Alvin Kamara going. He, he didn't get enough. He didn't get enough touches last, last game, and he wasn't involved too much. Um, I feel like they have to get him going early on. Uh, Michael Thomas is just getting started again, and and I feel like he's going to be a factor in this game. Um, but I think it's going to be very competitive. But I, I see Tampa Bay winning this game. I don't think uh, New Orleans is is ready to take that next step yet. But um, in this game, I, th- I see Tampa Bay winning.
0: That sure hope so moving on to our next game um another surprising game that maybe last season we wouldn't have picked but you know Miami is a different team this year they go up against uh Lamar Jackson and the Ravens we know what happened last time these two teams played each other last year the the dolphins completely shocked the Ravens on Thursday night football and turned the Ravens season around for not the best because Lamar Jackson got hurt and um the Ravens went from leading the North to not making the playoffs, whereas Miami went on a winning streak that almost got them in the playoffs. They were one win away. So this is an interesting game. I I I love the way Miami played against New England. They they played them tough, you know. It wasn't sexy. It was a 20 to seven win, but McDaniels, man, he looked very comfortable as a coach, Mike McDaniel. Um I love the way that they used the cheetah in that offense and Waddle. They gave them both plenty of of targets, um, and I also like how they used Edmonds and and Mustard. So that offense, I think, is going to keep getting better as the season goes on. Um, Baltimore is likely to get Dobbins back this weekend, so that'll be interesting to see how he gets incorporated into that um, Lamar Jackson led offense. I'm interested to see this game. I think that because that's at home for Baltimore, they will um, edge out a victory, but it's going to be a very close game, and I think both teams will have a couple turnovers too.
1: Yeah, with this game, I honestly seeing Baltimore uh, just physically bullying the Miami Dolphins. Uh, The Miami Dolphins at this point, they look like a pretty finesse team. Um, I still think they're trying to figure out their offense. Mike McDaniels is trying to establish, you know, a culture and a mentality for them. And unfortunately, I don't think it's, it, I think it's a bit too early against Baltimore. Um, you know, j- just looking at it, uh, my, my questions, you know, fantasy football wise on here, um, are any of these backs going to be usable? Um, I don't think any of them are at this point. Um, Chase Edmonds, uh, 12 carries, Four targets last week, where he most five carries one target. I mean, that's not usable um, unless, you know, it's like a desperate RB2 flex type deal. And same thing for, you know, J.K. Dobbins, Mike Davis, Justice Hill, Kenyon, Drake. I mean, I'm not starting any of them if I have better options, but I understand that sometimes you don't. Wide receiver wise, I think this is where it starts to get interesting. You know Tyreek Hill is going to be rolled out there, Waddle out there. He had a pretty good showing. I'd like to see more usage out of him, and for Baltimore, really, it's just going to be Andrews and uh, Bateman. Um, you know, Devin, had good, he, he, he had, had a good week. One, he had a good one. But I mean, I I think that to me was just a a boom game for him. I don't think th- I don't think that's sustainable at all in this offense. I don't think they pass it enough. I think it's such a run-heavy team, and obviously you're going to be playing Lamar.
2: Yeah, I think this is a big game for Tua. Um, he had a he had a decent game, 270 yards, one touchdown. Um, but I feel like he needs to um, be more assertive and and get you know t- the Tyree kill, uh, the Waddles. He needs to get them the ball. Um, you, use your weapons. Chase Edmonds um, out of the backfield. I feel like this is a game where he could make a statement, and if he plays well, um, I think they can beat Baltimore. Um, Lamar played well last game for the Ravens, and um, I don't see him. Uh, I expect nothing less from him. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm curious to see how J.K. Dobbins does in that role. Uh, last week, uh, Kenyan Drake led the team in in in, in rushing with uh, 31 yards love uh, 11 carries uh, from the back. So. They're definitely going to need more production from the backs, not just Lamar. So um, this day I, th- I think this game is going to be uh, physical. Um, you got a physical team versus a finesse team. I see Baltimore winning, um, and um, yeah, I think the Ravens uh, uh, go on a win streak from here.
1: Yeah, and it wouldn't surprise me if J.K. Dobbins is on a snap count this game. I, I think it, you know doesn't surprise. It wouldn't surprise me if they try to eat some into it over the course of two or three games. And with this, you know, I think by halftime, they're going to know if they're going to want to play more or not. So it wouldn't surprise me if we saw low uh, utilization out of J.K. Dobbins.
0: I think they should really utilize J.K. Dobbins around the goal line. Um, (laughs) That would be preferred, you know, those goal line situations. What, What better way to ease them in than with touchdowns, you know? Yeah, for sure. And now moving on to our next game, Cardinals and Raiders. You know, I... Somehow I thought that this game would be between two one and oh teams that like really showed up in week one and made statements. But the only statement they made is that they are still the teams that we have known them to be. I mean, they are talented, but you still can't trust them. Derek Carr, you know, he's got more targets, but still the same old Derek Carr, man. Just like it's like when you're when you're ready to call him an elite quarterback, it's just like, he just makes certain plays. It just makes you think, like, oh, I guess this is why he's just considered above average. And Kyler Murray, you know, you really thought last week against Kansas City was a good opportunity for him to show up and make a statement, you know, home game, like it's the Super Bowl host city, like, you know, playing against a potential opponent in the Super Bowl. And they didn't show up. They weren't ready. You know, it, it was like men playing against boys. And, um, so now week 2 is going to be interesting, you know, one of these two teams is unfortunately going to be 0 and 2 after week 2. So one of so you know, both of these teams have to play with a sense of urgency. I get it's only week 2, but these are two teams that are considered deep playoff contenders, not just to make the playoffs, but they're considered potential teams that that people that people are picking to make it as far as the Super Bowl. So they they can't just come out flat again in week 2. So I'm I'm excited for this game. It has great potential. I want to see what Marquise Brown is going to look like as the wide receiver one in week two. You know, with with Kyler Murray, it's their second week together. You know, it's been a few years since college. Um, And I want to see if Devontae Adams can, you know, just keep growing from week one and maybe they can reincorporate Hunter Renfro back into that old role that he had. I feel like in week one, they didn't go enough to Hunter Renfro. Um, so that'll be interesting to see and also Josh Jacobs is he going to start getting used more or is he going to continue to kind of have this new role where he's you know kind of like like Brad you mentioned that before that you know Josh McDaniels is kind of weird with running backs and he might be looking for more of a 50-50 split so there's a lot of questions to be answered from this game
1: yeah definitely I mean um, Derek Carr Yeah, you're obviously not going to roll them out there, especially after that three-pick performance. I think there's better options out there if you're really desperate for a quarterback, especially if you're that Dak Prescott owner. Um, You know, like we mentioned earlier, you can try and pick up a Carson Wentz out there. You can take a look at a a Jameis Winston if you're so inclined. Marcus Mariota, he has a rushing upside, you know? So I think that there's options out there. And obviously, Kyler Murray, you're going to be playing both of them. Um, Backs-wise, um, you're obviously gonna roll out Connor, Josh Jacobs, RB2 type deal. It's still really neat to see what he's about. And to me, this game is only going to be about one player and one player only. It's gonna be Devonte Adams. It's how much work is this dude gonna get? Is he going to get 30% of the target share? Because last week he had 50% of the target share. Um, you can't continue to do that. He might be open every single play but the teams may give it to you um you know i i don't i don't know if mcdaniels has ever developed a hunter renfro type role and i don't think he's ever had a wide receiver like Devontae adams outside of randy moss so him trying to draw plays for an elite wide receiver probably the best wide receiver in the league might be foreign to him and it might take a while to adapt the rest of the offense you know around Devontae Adams to get him complimentary play. And yeah, Cardinals passing attack um, outside of Marquise Brown. I'm not touching anyone on this team. Um, I think this game is going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be an ugly game defensively. Um, but hey, if you're into fantasy points, this is one to watch.
2: Yeah, I think uh, the real question is, is it, is it a double XP weekend or not? <laughs> uh, you know, there's all those memes about Kyler Murray playing um, Call of Duty, uh, but there's a reason why they implemented that uh, that stipulation in his contract about the playbook, because let's face it, I mean, it came out really flat uh, in week one, and uh, both teams are 0-2 right now, and or I'm sorry, 0-1, and, and this is a must-win uh, for both teams. You know, you guys talked about Devontae Adams. I think Devontae Adams should get more targets. I think 17 is not enough. I think it needs to be 25. Why not? He's the best receiver in the game. Give him the ball. You know, Hunter Renfro is, is great. Darren Waller is great, but when you have the the, the best receiver in the game, you might as well give him the damn ball, right? Um, no, all jokes aside, uh, Hunter Renfro needs the ball more. Six targets is not enough. Uh, 17 from Devontae Adams is way too much. It should be around 10 to 12. Uh, give, Give at least Hunter Renfro eight targets and then give uh at least Darren Waller eight targets as well. Uh Derek Carr looked like a robot in the pocket. I think his problem is his pocket awareness. When he's in the pocket and 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 the rush, he's being uh rushed by uh, defensive ends and and defensive tackles. He just looks robotic in there. I don't know if it's it. it if it's his footwork or what it is, but he just, he looked like a robot out there. Uh, but I, I think as the season progresses, I think he's going to get, get better. I think he was excited that he had Devonte Adams and, you know, let's face it. He already has chemistry with him. He played with him at uh, Fresno state. Uh, but th- th- the thing is, is that he needs to incorporate all his targets. He needs to get everyone involved, including the backs. And um, I think the Raiders win this game. I think the Cardinals go 0 too. And then uh, they start scratching their heads about, you know, what's going on. We paid our we paid our quarterback all this money, and he's not producing. Um, and then I, I feel like if they go 0-2, I think uh, Kingsbury is going to be in the hot seat early uh, because they're known for uh, fast starts. And if they go 0-2, uh, you know, it's the opposite of what they've been doing. So I see the Raiders winning this game.
1: Yeah, and to answer your quest- question, September 28th is a WXP weekend. So for Kyler Murray owner... <laughs> You should be good, but yeah, I, I I think unfortunately for both teams they're playing in loaded divisions against the other loaded division. It's AFC West versus AFC NFC West this year, so it doesn't bode well to go off to this 0-2 start. And yeah, and I agree, Lane Kiffin, uh, uh, not Lane Kiffin, uh, Cliff Kingsbury should honestly be fired, um, irregardless of how this season turns out, short of a Super Bowl win because I think what's holding Kyler Murray back is this dude this has... I don't think he's been challenged. This dude ran the same... He likely ran the same style offense in high school. He ran the same offense in college, and now he's running in the pros. He hasn't been challenged after college. This dude needs to be challenged with someone that's going to force him to make difficult decisions, and stall a new offense. He He, he just seems so content out there you know so so complacent he knows what's going to go on and guess what if it's easy for kyler murray it's just as easy for the defenses to understand what you're doing um if you paid this dude i think it's time to move on with a different uh, head coach and see if you can get someone else in there you know someone someone like you know or mike mcdaniel's whoever this the next uh, oc is to come down the ranks we're seeing it with, you know, Kevin O'Connell. Um, yeah, I agree. I think the Raiders are likely going to win this one because the X Factor is going to be Devontae Adams
0: and Allegiant Stadium. Yeah. It's going to be, be rocking. Mm-hmm. I think Derek Carr plays great at home. I think, you know, and he's going to be field man. He had a shitty week one, so he's going to respond in week two. I'm confident. You know, I think he, I honestly think he's a good streaming option this week for. For QBs, I think he's going to have a great uh, bounce-back game, and he will definitely use Renfro more. I, I mean, uh, to, do you guys not um, think that Renfro could fill that like Wes Welker, Danny Amendola role?
1: Um, he probably could. Um, but again, I, I think it's not necessarily Hunter Renfro. It's the fact that Devonte Adams is so good. It's just like the dude is open, and you know. David Carr only has eyes for Adams. If you take a look at these picks, he was staring at Adams the whole time. He's just him. like, it's just like this dude is like smitten with him. I don't know what, I don't know why. No, I don't know why, because Devonte Adams is that good. But you're making it too easy for, for that defense.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Another one of the good games that we have circled. And finally, the last one is, Um, our monday night football game philly philly and minnesota um you know kirk cousins man he's my new best friend he he had a great week one he you know he 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 knows what's good he knows what's good let's talk about love love affairs man he loves justin jefferson he went to jj a lot in week one so for justin Mm -hmm. jefferson owners it was and for devontae adams owners it was a magnificent week one um i i'm excited for this game i think you know um minnesota and philly are like the two like um sexy picks for this year of like teams that you think are going to have like like really good years that like like bounce back years and potentially win their divisions um so i expect it to be a high scoring affair um but it is a home game for philly I I think Hertz is you know he's gonna have another great game. A. G. Brown they seem to be making a a connection already, so I think that that Hertz to to Brown connection is gonna be on in week two, and I see I see Philly taking this one.
2: Yeah, I I both teams are are really good uh, high powered offenses. Uh, Philly had a great week one versus Detroit. Same thing with Minnesota uh by the way Devontae Adams makes that catch the the Christian Watson catch that he dropped he definitely makes that catch um but in terms of this game I see um I see Jalen Hurst dominating honestly uh he had a he 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 ran the ball versus Detroit or the whole team ran the ball versus Detroit uh, Minnesota gives up 111 yards uh rushing and I see that continuing I think Justin Jefferson has a great game I think he's going to you know, I, I'm already eating my words because I, I was saying he's gonna have a down year, but the dude had 184 yards and two touchdowns in the first game. Um, I'm I'm on I'm on the train now with uh, Justin Jefferson, uh, but in terms of Minnesota, I think they need to get Dalvin Cook more involved. <laughs> uh, same thing with Adam Thielen. Um, you know, spread the ball more. Um, but in terms of Philly, you, you know, it, it was troubling that you know Detroit scored on them. So if I'm Philly, I'm worried about my defense. Uh, you know, giving up yardage, two hundred fifteen yards, uh, and one hundred and eighty-one yards on the ground, uh, which is very troubling. So that looks like a Dalvin Cook game. Uh, but in terms of who I think is going to win, I think Philly's going to win this game.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think Philly has the better roster. Minnesota is the sexy pick with Kevin O'Connell and that uh, that new offense that they've installed. But if we just take a look at roster construction, top to bottom, um, you know, Philly has a better team, the better offensive line. I, you know, that that's where I'd go with if I had to pick this game. But I don't think it might be uh, a pass heavy game. I think um, I think this thing might be run heavy. Um, I think, like you said, I think we're going to see Hurts and I think we're going to see the three headed beast out of, you know, Boston Scott, Miles Sanders, um, Kenneth Gainwell. And out of the three, I think the only one you can safely start would be a uh, Miles Sanders. I think all of them have touchdown upside. And, yeah, for for the running backs, I think we're going to get a heavy dose of Dalvin Cook, and we might see a little bit of Alexander Madison in there. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if if, you know, any of these wide receivers really performed up to – up to what we're expecting i think aj brown might have the best game uh i think he might have a better game than justin jefferson but really I'm you're obviously playing both justin jefferson and aj brown um because you're not going to sit them um but yeah uh one of the guys that i actually like here is irv smith i think that he could do some damage against philadelphia philly bleeds points to uh uh to tight ends um it's it's they last year they allowed the most receiving touchdowns and six most receiving yards of tight ends, um, you know last year. So if if there's a pass catching touchdown, it very well likely is going to come from a tight end. So I think run heavy, but high scoring affair.
0: Guys, and you guys are forgetting this is a revenge game for Jalen Rager. He got traded to Minnesota. <laughs> he's he's saying that this is going to be a revenge game for him. So. Over or under, is he gonna have um five targets?
1: Under under, under. And, oh. and and how is it a revenge game? Uh, neither team wanted him. <laughs> Minnesota <laughs> didn't draft him and the Eagles just dropped him. <laughs> yeah. Do they yeah.
0: still do they still have a Arciago White side? No, oh, they traded
2: uh, him. Oh, they yeah. traded him too? Uh, yeah, they traded I they traded him in yeah, the offseason. I think-
1: and I think that's ultimately why a dude like AJ Brown was signed because you know they just couldn't develop a wide receiver no matter how hard they tried. Um, and you know, now Devonte
0: Smith too—he had four targets and no receptions in Week One.
1: I don't, yeah, and you know if you're the Devonte Smith owner, I don't think it's anything to worry about. Um, you, you know, he was covered be, by
0: Jeff Okuda, so that, that yeah,
1: could, and. and and when you when the run game is going like that, it's it's hard to get past you know a clear wide receiver one like like AJ Brown. It, it's just not going to happen. And and this isn't a pass heavy team. They are a run heavy team. So you know it's it's going to be a lot of damage on the ground, and they're just going to pepper AJ Brown, Devontae Smith. You know obviously you're going to have to temper expectations. Um, you know thirteen uh percent target share, um, you know it. It it is what it is, but it should be an entertaining game overall. And 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 we start to get get more clarity with the rest of these teams. Yeah,
0: week two is gonna be interesting, guys. But now what, moving on to oh, go ahead, Jenny.
2: What are you What are you guys' thoughts? Uh, switching subjects on uh, Green Bay, really quick. What do you think about Aaron Rodgers' performance? What What do you think about? Uh, them not having Devontae Adams. Do you think it was uh, a week one blues like what they always have, or do you think this is a different team now?
0: It was a week one blues in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, he you will notice the difference of not having Adams there, but at, um Rodgers doesn't play in the preseason, and he tends to have slow week ones. I think I, I see him coming out week two against the Bears, and I think if, if Alan Lazard plays – I see him getting 10 to 15 targets. Um, And I I see him continuing to challenge, you know, like Christian Watson. And, you know, he's going to have Randall Cobb out there. Um, Sammy Watkins until he pulls a hamstring. Like, you know, he has some options. Um, It's obviously not going to look as fluid as it did with Adams, but I don't foresee him having 17 weeks like he did week one. I think he's gonna come out much better week two, and I, 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 I see that offense looking much better.
1: Yeah, I mean this is a get right game, you know, home game. You get Alan Lazard back, but don't be fooled after the W. The Packers are still gonna struggle. I think by week six they're walking in at three and three, and everyone's mm-hmm. gonna be scratching their head. Um, they're gonna, they're gonna be. I still pick them to go to the Super Bowl, but they're a team that's gonna get better as the season goes on. You know, they're they're well, they're they're one of those teams that they're gonna make a deep playoff run. You know, I think they're gonna fall to the Chargers or someone from the AFC West, but they're going to have to figure out this offense. And Rodgers, um, you know, we all know it. He doesn't like if he doesn't know anything about you in terms of a wide receiver, he's he's not gonna get the ball. And when you have to throw it to someone you know, you, you sort of have to give these guys work. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of growing pains early on, but I think you know halfway through the season they're going to have to give it to Dylan and, and 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 the rest of the the running team and and Atunian to get to help the team get going on because I think the wide receivers are going to hit around you know week eight, week ten. Um, but yeah, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to struggle mightily the first six weeks.
2: Yeah, I, I think this is um I think Green Bay's I think they're done. I think Minnesota is gonna own the the division. I when when AJ Dillon is your leading um, receptions uh leader in week one with five, I think that's troubling. Alan Lazard is Alan Lazard, he's average. He didn't do anything with Devontae Adams. What makes you think he's gonna do something when he's covered by the number one corner? Um Dubbs, tanya and watson i think watson is promising but obviously you know there's going to be a lot of pressure on him because of the drop um and who knows that might break him mentally if he you know let's say if he has that in the back of his head that he has butterfingers or you know he, he should have caught that ball um and like what i told you guys uh you know a couple months ago adams Devonte adams made aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Devonte Adams is the person who um, made it look so easy for Aaron Rodgers, you know, not only was he effective in terms of the receptions and touchdowns, but he also got other guys open, you know, and um, I just I don't see Aaron Rodgers doing as good or as well without him. And um, it, they're going to struggle.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, is not going to be, you know, a top six quarterback, maybe not even top 10 quarterback at the end of this year. I think they're going to really have to lean on that running game to get this thing going. And that defense, um, Aaron Rodgers sort of seems right now, he seems preoccupied with everything else. You know, he's got a podcast. He's he's on, you know, he's doing so many different things with the media. Um, it almost seems like football is a side hustle now, you know, um, um, and I think it's going to take losing for him to get back into it. And yeah, it's not just one, one loss. I think, I think them being third place in this division, you know, it's going to be the wake up call and they should get it going on, on early. And yeah, I agree. I don't think any wide receiver is going to get to 70% of what the Adams did for this team. You're going to have to find it. You're going to have to get it elsewhere. I think you're gonna to have to lean heavier on the running game. Aaron Jones, Dylan. I, th- I think that's how this team wins moving forward. It's not Aaron Rodgers' team anymore. I think it needs to be LaFleur's team and everyone else's.
0: I agree. And we'll have to wait and see if you know, if Aaron Rodgers can put his ego aside and do what's best for the team to win. And yeah. now let's let's move on to fantasy, guys. Um Week one was interesting. You know, uh we we definitely saw um guys like Jefferson, Adams, AJ Brown have huge week ones as wide receivers. Stefan Diggs, um, Cooper Cup. Um, is this the year of the wide receiver for fantasy?
1: Um, I mean, it's always been trending that way. Um, you know, especially as the league goes, so does fantasy football and more teams are. You know, the passing volume is there. Um, and, yeah, when you take a look at it, you know, the top six wide receivers taken, they all hit, you know. So if you drafted one early, you, you know, good on you. And, and if if you drafted running backs early, you know, Christian McCaffrey, he didn't necessarily do all that well. Austin Eckler, he didn't hit, you know, Dovin Cook. I, I mean, they're I think they're still safe as running backs and they're definitely going to get theirs. It's only week one, but yeah, um, as, as teams start to be pass heavier, I think we're going to see more w- elite wide receivers creep up into that first, second round.
2: Yeah, it's, it's definitely uh, a wide receiver. Um, uh, in terms of fantasy, you have to have wide receivers. Uh, The league is trending like what you guys said towards the passing game And I, you know, if you didn't draft a wide receiver, an elite wide receiver in the first uh, one to two to three rounds, then you're probably going to lose. You look at the top, you know, five Jefferson Cup, Chase Adams, Diggs. I mean, those guys had 30 point games um, in week one. And then you see a guy like Michael Thomas climbing the the rankings. And I I think he's going to at the end of the season, I think he's going to be in the top 10 again. Um, it's just a matter of him staying healthy. I mean, before he got injured, he was in the top five and, uh, I, I don't see anything changing with him, uh, being healthy. I mean, he had two touchdowns, um, in the fourth quarter and he was, uh, you know, he was, he wasn't effective the whole game until the fourth quarter. And I think this is going to give him confidence. Um, but moving forward, you know, fantasy is a wide receiver game and if you you know if you drafted your wide wide receivers accordingly you're going to be successful
1: yeah and the other thing with wide receivers is that there's so much depth there that um you, you know you can definitely get them get them in the mm-hmm. late round and and if we just go with you know the quick math of it all when you take a look at any formation and why running back still go in the first and second round? If you take a look at any formation, there's really only one running back on the field and you may have three or four wide receivers out there. And, you know, most teams might be 55% pass um, and, you know, the, the remaining run. So running backs are still going to get their works. They're still going to go early, but yeah, wide receivers need to be considered in that second, third round. Oh, and much earlier, uh, you know, you want to get get those elite wide receivers.
0: But well, what are some expectations you guys have for week two for fantasy? Um, or you know, like when we're thinking, like you know, we're scratching our heads, like starting and start and uh, benching. Like, who is someone that you guys think people could be making um, an overreaction on, and maybe they should give them another week starting. Um,
1: based on what you saw in week one? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously we saw it happen early, earlier tonight with Mike Williams. Mike Williams didn't have that great of a week one. But this dude still, he's, he's still going to put up numbers and he's still going to get targets out there for you. Uh, huge catch radius. um, And... You know, if you had drafted a guy like Mike Williams or an Allen Robinson, someone that didn't necessarily have a great game week one, you know, you're going to roll them out there week two, because I think these guys are still going to produce. I would be much more inclined to take a look at, you know, some of these guys that boomed in week one and people that are buying way too high. Um, Someone like a Roby Anderson, who short of that 175 yard play really did nothing for 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 that game um there's just a lot that that you need to look for for wide receivers outside of fantasy points because you know one 75 yard play one 60 yard touchdown catch will make it seem like you had a great week um what when really you should be taking a look at on the field percentage you know how many routes did you run how many What's your target percentage per route run? But yeah, just going back to the original question, I think if you, a guy like Allen Robinson, roll him out there. I don't think you should be afraid. I think I think this dude is going to get work. Um, but one guy that I am afraid of is Tony and the rest of the, you know, the, that, that young Giants, that uh, wide receiver core. Because outside of Sterling Shepard, I don't think they have much.
0: Okay, what about for you, Jenny?
2: Uh, for me, it's C.D. Lamb, Derek Henry, um, Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, I'm worried about that Cowboys offense with that with Dak being gone. They didn't look, or with Dak playing, they didn't look good in week one. Uh, with Cooper Rush in there, I don't think things are going to get better. Um, I don't know what's wrong with C.D. Lamb. I mean, 11 targets, two receptions, uh, 29 yards. You know, people drafted him in the second round. Some people drafted him in the first round. And um he's he's I don't know if I don't know if he's that guy. I don't know if he, I'm a CD
0: Lamb owner and I'm a little worried. Yeah.
2: yeah, I would be worried. Uh Derrick Henry, eight points, um, 21 rushes, 82 yards. I mean, that's that's scary because uh that offense with losing AJ Brown isn't as good. And um to me, it, I think people are, are, are going to really focus on Derrick Henry. I mean, they've always, they always have, but without that premier receiver, I think it's going to be difficult for uh, Tennessee to, uh, to sustain leads, um, or even, uh, uh, try to catch up with teams if they're down early. Um, Zeke Elliott, another guy who worries me, uh, five, uh, five points, um, 10 rushes 52 yards it wasn't too bad but just losing your your uh your quarterback and then your your o-line you know your best left tackle um i think it's gonna be struggle city for him uh when it comes to fantasy and um i don't know about alan robinson man he didn't i don't think he looked he didn't look that good in terms of his uh route running in terms of his speed he just i don't see him bouncing back i just i don't see it from him
1: yeah, yeah i mean I, I still like him, uh, 96. I think he was in hot, low nineties. Uh, he was on the field for snaps. Um, I, I think honestly Stafford was just looking way too much to Cooper cup. There were plenty of plays where he was wide open and, you know, they just need to get him involved earlier. And, and going back to CD lamb, I think you should be worried because of Cooper, because you don't have Dak, but at the same time, um, You know, he sort of got locked down by Carlton Davis, one of the better corners in this league. If anything, that shows us that against elite corners, C.D. Lamb is going to struggle, and targets shouldn't mean that much in those games, but I I think he's going to eat against average uh, corners in this league.
0: Yeah, for me, it's um, Robert Woods. He only had two targets. Um, Titans debut, I thought he was going to be more heavily... Um, featured in that offense um he i mean i fa fe- i felt like he was a good safe flex pick you know um because he always got the targets in in l a um, and other than the robert woods um i think uh another guy is uh joe burrow you know he he was taken pretty early in drafts and um, he threw four interceptions but i I don't think that's going to be an every week thing for him. I think he's going to bounce back in week two, especially going up against Dallas, you know, who is uh, figuring out life with a uh, backup quarterback, you know. And so I see Burrow having a bounce back game, but I don't know about Robert Woods. Uh, maybe he's still recovering from, from that injury from last season, but hopefully Tannehill starts to utilize him more because he's that he's a good receiver and, you know, yeah, um, he's definitely someone that he's someone that you shouldn't cut just yet on your team but maybe put him on your bench for week two just to see if Tannehill utilizes him more or not um and the last one is Cam Akers man like like what the fuck three rushes for zero yards like like it just it's it seems like Kyle Shanahan with Trey Sermon you know like it seems like uh, McVeigh is not a big fan um when you use statements like you need to want it like you need to play like you want it like you know it's kind of telling of how what you what you think of your play of your player currently you know so i don't know if with him it's an overreaction or if you know he's gonna be one of those guys that's just not gonna be as heavily featured as had been sold to us by all the fantasy gods you know the he was one of those guys that was definitely um People like myself bought into the hype, drafted him high, and you know, we're watching him not produce anything. So hopefully he's used a little more in week two. But yeah, he is definitely someone that concerns me.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, you obviously don't drop these type of players week one, maybe not even week two, but I think going in by week four should have a better understanding. And, you know, depending on how KI Makers performs. This dude could be, you know, you may be sitting on your bench all year, or 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 you may need to cut him. Um, But I mean, for for yourself, are there any players on your on your bench that you you're if you don't see anything from them this week, you're just flat out cutting them. Acres. Okay, short leash, huh?
0: If he if he has zero yards again and like four carries or some something ridiculous like that, yeah, I'm gonna cut him or I'll trade him for like a sack of potatoes or you know or a new vending machine you know maybe like a twelve pack of Red Bulls or something, like
2: yeah, I actually already cut him in one of my leagues. I don't I don't believe in him. I don't see anything like what you said, Jose. There's been a lot of hype around him and he's never lived up to the expectations. And he's in a committee backfield. You know, Henderson looked way more explosive than him when he's going through that hole. And you just didn't see that from him. And it's scary because James Robinson is coming from the same injury. And that dude looked explosive in week one. So, you know, it, Sean McVay, you know, it seems like more of a head thing, a mentality thing where he just doesn't want it enough. And, and, and you know, football... You know, if if you fumble, if you don't have the right attitude, you're gonna get benched. And I feel like Cam Akers is, you know, that type of guy. Um, I actually added Taysom Hill. I don't, I don't know if he's gonna do anything or if he's gonna, you know, be consistent. But uh, 15 fantasy points in the first game. He's a tight uh, end technically. He's a QB and tight end, so I added him. I mean, just you know, I actually dropped um, him for Cam Akers for him. So. I'm interested to see what he does uh, the rest of the season.
1: Yeah,
0: man. Any final fantasy thoughts um, that you guys have in mind right now? I know we're still very early in the season. It's still hard to really get a good grasp on things. Um, but what do you, you know, got, what
2: do you guys think about Najee Harris with this injury? He,
0: he'll be fine. Um, maybe I. I think they, I know he says he's playing week two. I think they should hold him out. Um, you don't want that injury getting worse or him re-aggravating it. Um, so that, that's the only thing with him, but he, he is tough. We can't, we don't doubt that. And his, his running ability is not based on his explosiveness. He's a physical runner. So I don't think it'll necessarily affect that. So, I mean, you got to start him if he if he plays. Like you got he you know he's your number one. Like you you got to start him.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, volume is king in fantasy football. Um, so you're obviously going to start him, but I I think with this Liz Frank injury, or some people are speculating it might be even a high ankle sprain. Um, you know he's obviously not going to be as efficient as he would be, and he may not get as much volume, but. You're not going to find anything else on the waiver wire or out there. That's even going to come close to this sort of volume out there. And I think it's just a safer floor temper expectations where, you know, you are sort of expecting 20, 25 points, you know, you sort of, you're going to have to be happy with, you know, 15 to 10, if that, you know, you'll at least get touchdown upside with goals with goal line work, um, you know, Najee, I I think that they do need to rest him, get him healthy, um, because I think they're going to have to lean on him a lot this season.
0: Yeah. Be interesting to see, you know, will J.K. Dobbins play week two? You know, how long will Najee Harris be able to stay out there? Um, How's Jeff Wilson going to look as the replacement for – Elijah Mitchell or will they utilize all three running backs we know San Francisco's not afraid to rotate those running backs there's a lot of questions for week two um but you know season's still very young um I don't think you should cut Christian Watson after week one if you have them I'd say you know stash them on your bench rookies are not meant to be giving you all these points week one um they usually start like um showing up more after like week six so like be patient with them, um, and I think that the, the results will show up in the end.
1: Yeah, and, I mean, just go back to, you know, uh, the, the Niners running game. Um, you know, outside of Jeff Wilson, two names you need to, to be aware of is going to be TDP, uh, Ty Davis-Price, and Jordan Mason. They like Jordan Mason so much that they decided to cut Trey Sermon, and, you know, Jordan Mason undrafted free agent. You know, uh, and that's the type of guy that Kyle Shanahan likes. They also brought in Marlon Mack on the practice squad. Um, but if you're if you weren't fortunate enough to get, you know, Jeff Wilson, they run more than one back out there. Um, you know, you can definitely take a shot on Tyrion Davis Price or Jordan Mason if they're available on the waiver wire.
0: So we'll see, guys. Week two will be interesting. Um, but that that's it for our show this week. You know, um, do you guys have a quick prediction for uh, Triple G and uh, Canelo?
1: Ah, uh, yeah, Canelo. Um, I, I, I think Triple G, he might have lost something, and you know, Canelo has everything to play for this weekend.
2: Yeah, I'm picking Canelo. Ah, uh, first fight was first fight was very close. Second fight, Canelo uh dominated. I I think the third fight, Canelo's gonna dominate. Um, he's just a better boxer, more physical. Triple G's older, uh, even though he's still in good shape. But I I think triple G, or I'm sorry, I think Canelo wins this.
0: Will it be a knockout or a decision?
1: Uh it's likely gonna go to decision. I think someone is going to, you know, touch the canvas. I think both might even, but I think Canelo is overall gonna dominate four round uh, four more rounds than than triple
0: g i agree i think it's canelo has everything to lose and triple g doesn't really have anything to gain from winning this fight so i think the hungrier fighter is definitely going to be canelo all right guys that's our show for this week i hope you guys enjoyed it good luck with your fantasy weeks and good luck for your teams too hopefully they all win unless they're playing against my team so you know (laughs) have a great week everybody.
1: It's the fifth down. Later. Uh, Later.